Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a Miracle Made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle Made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 168. I grew up in Palm Springs. Wow, that's nice. I didn't wow. know that about you. You didn't know that about me? I grew up in Palm Springs. Wow. I, I grew up in Whittier, which isn't too far. From yeah, Palm oh, Whittier, it's home no of Palm, Nixon. That's right. And, yeah. uh, and his presidential library, no? It's in Yorba Linda, but Yorba it's Linda. really close. Very but close. He, yeah, we have some strange. I have a, a origin best, one of my best friends Live grew up in Placentia. Oh, yeah. Placentia. Placentia. Yeah. Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we stick the thingamajig into the doodad, and then we get a perklink. Uh, I am your uh, host, <laughs> Nagin Farsad, and I want to take democracy and throw it in the wash on an extra hot cycle, throw in some fabric softener, and then tumble dry it on low until it stops scratching my skin. Today, we are going to keep talking about impeachment in case there was anything we missed last time, or maybe we'll keep talking about it for the rest of our lives. I don't know. Um, and and we'll also talk about brain-reading technology. And finally, Facebook's got a dating app, bitches. Finally. Um, I know. <laughs> what we've all been waiting for. Yeah. Uh, today, I'm so excited by this panel for the first time ever. Host of the podcast Super Ego, producer and co-host of the Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend podcast. He's such a highly recommended man that I've just met today, but I've been so duly and highly recommended to him. What? He has been so duly and highly recommended to me. So many weird things with the English language can happen in a sentence. You guys, it's Matt Gourley. Wow, my recommendation precedes myself. I can't. <laughs> Hi, I'm. It really does. Excited to be here. So happy to have you here. He's in from Los Angeles, so it's extra just for this. special. Flew in just for this. this from Whittier. Yes, that's this right. and a little David Letterman interview or whatever. <laughs> Not a big deal. Mostly this, though. Um, you guys, the other person on this panel. She, I have known her for many years. She's so fucking funny, you Aww. guys. I've seen her rip audiences apart. <laughs> they can't stand up straight after watching her perform. Okay, She's that violent. kind of comedian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. But she does jokes too. <laughs> uh, she's also um, an author who wrote a survival guide for the United States of Russia called How to Spy on Your Neighbor. You guys, it's Vicki Kupperman. Hey. Hi, everyone. So happy to be back. Um, so happy uh, to have you on the show. Um, 
Okay, should we get into it with topic number one? Let's oh boy. Do it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> there was just like, you guys like side exhaustion. <laughs> we haven't even started the show. Oh and topic number one, I mean, because you guys, apparently, there was another call to a world leader, this time asking Australia's president with help in discrediting the Mueller report. That conversation was also hidden in a weird archive of dangerous conversations, probably labeled corruption. Because um, mm-hmm. like the White House, they might be frauds, but they are probably into organization and labeling. Um, my first thought was, why does Donnie keep calling world leaders to ask for help in discrediting the Mueller report? That report is over. <laughs> It's like he's the perfect amount of tipsy, right? But keeps ordering drinks until he gets blackout impeached. You know what I mean? Um, so is this more noise or is are you glad to find more kernels in the corruption popcorn? How do we feel, Vicky? I'm gonna say it's like a customer service line. I'm gonna go ahead and put that in the queue. Okay. Okay? This is not a high urgent red alert priority for me, because Australia also has had very weird world leaders, and uh, I think they just cancel each other out. So I think we're in this uh, phase in uh, American history where we just... This may have been a big deal 20 years ago, but, but now it's less, just like, yeah. Well, I mean, on top of, so like, Matt, on top of Ukraine, were you, I guess it's not surprising, or is it, or what? Well, I'm contending with this whole thing after being, I followed the Mueller report, like, I imagine people do sports, yeah, you know, that yeah. kind of thing, like stats and fantasy. Yeah. I was yeah. so deep in this thing. <laughs> right. And like many you people. You had a fantasy league. Yeah, and, yeah. I was making up stories and endings and writing the whole play. You should and... work for Trump. <laughs> Sounds great. It, it, it couldn't do anything to my career. It couldn't hurt. But then when all of that sort of died down and that happened to coincide with this last summer, I went off social media. I went off political podcasts for a long time and I felt my anxiety levels drip down. And yeah. it was something I haven't experienced in a long time. And then this impeachment thing just sparked up. And now I'm like right back, back into it. it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I come to you at shambles and a mess, and I, I don't know how to even articulate half the feelings I'm having right now because it, it does feel significant. And I'm not happy that there's a possible impeachment going on in my country, but what it signifies that it could possibly mean something in taking all this down is so thrilling. And, and I mean, did you so there was the Ukraine stuff and last week we talked about it, but we hadn't heard the whistleblower complaint and we didn't know about this Australia stuff or whatever. And it just seems like there's just a lot of like dribs and drabs that have come out since yeah. then. So I wanted to talk about it again. But I guess my I got this like mild worry when the Australia thing came out mm. that it was mm. going to confuse yeah. the public yeah. because right now we have this really great single narrative of like there was this one phone call with this dude named Zelensky in the Ukraine and he was talked about getting weapons but he was asked for a favor though and right. like it's so clear um and uh it does sound like a, a quid pro quo um agree and you know and so it just seems like a very clear narrative for the listening public uh but when you add in I, you know this Australia thing, it's, you know, it's like good evidence in a trial. Um, it doesn't need to be a headline, though, or something. I don't it's know. Muddying, I mean, but it's still the waters, fucking right? horrendous, but yeah. it's muddying the waters. Yeah. yeah. It's muddying. And yes, it will. It'll be another another thing that can we can add to the pile that can hopefully finally sink this sad ship. Right. But because the Mueller report was damning, right? Yeah. It was, it was damning. It's just that it was almost too comprehensive. It was damning in five yeah. classical acts, like a Shakespeare yeah, play. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. You, exactly. You had to know the language and be familiar. Yeah, this one is so simple and clean, but if a second one, even though it adds to the evidence, can distract from it, which is absurd right now, that that's that's a worry. But distract who, though? You, I, I know you mentioned the listening um, public. I mean, I know that we do put pressure on our Congress people, but who, I guess it took, it took what, two and a half years to impeach Nixon until he resigned, right? I think it took, yeah, I'm not sure. My, my, even though I'm from Whittier, I don't have the exact <laughs> facts. Uh, uh, no, my issue... Is that and I'm a I am not in the I am not in the business of predicting political outcomes. Obviously, 2016. Guys, did I mention she's a comedian? Okay, <laughs> but and I hope I'm wrong because I'm not in that business. But I, I don't know even if he's impeached if that'll do anything. I don't know if he'll resign. I don't know if he would be pushed out. 
I don't think the Senate would do it. I'm very— It's never happened in our history that an impeachment resulted in uh, a throwing out of a president. Right. Only a resignation. Only a resignation. Yeah. So, okay, so we're going to spend a lot of time impeaching him. I still think we have to focus on getting Democrats to vote in 2020. Right. I I just don't think it's going to—otherwise he's going to be reelected because his diehards do not care. You're right. Well, the fact of the matter is it's happening, right? Like, we have the votes. Yeah. There's also evidence. It's funny. They're now collecting evidence, and and they're, you know, I don't know who's on your subpoena draft, but uh, (laughs) Giuliani's been subpoenaed. I'm sure Barr will be subpoenaed. Um, and maybe like a little dirt uh, got on Pence. Um, so, so I, so I think it's we already know we yeah. already have it's evidence. Happening. It's not even like that's you know the crazy like, that's thing. the crazy thing. They're gonna keep getting more stuff and blah 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 blah. But there's evidence already. There's votes already, right? So the impeachment. I mean, I think, I, I, again, not in the business of predicting anything, uh, even what I'm going to eat for dinner. I can't even predict that. Um, Peach. But <laughs> but I would say that the impeachment is going to happen. The question, I guess, is the political fallout, because you're right, it may lead to nothing. So, like, mm-hmm. so there's two options here. Yeah. No, there's three options here. One, he could resign. Never happened. I don't think that'll happen. Uh, I know his ego. Because he's spending this much time trying to get other countries to discredit uh, the Mueller report, which nobody is even talking about anymore. He's casually fomenting civil war rather than resign. I mean, in in remarks. Sorry, I mean to cut you off. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm surprised he's not, you know, talking about Obama's birth certificate still. Right. Right. He just <laughs> really gets he can't, obsessed. He can't. Hillary's emails. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I turned on Lou Dobbs last night just to see. And by <laughs> just the way. To see. Just to see. Check I, under the bed before you sleep. By the way, would love some conservative comics here so that I can, someone else can actually like gleefully turn on Lou Dobbs or whatever and right. tell me what is being said. Uh, I, we still have, if you, again, always to listeners, please tell us who all your conservative comics oh, are. Oh, I know a lot of conservative comics. Oh my God, we should have this conversation. You're like are... the only one. Um, <laughs> but some of them are just not out about it. Oh, oh that's a thing. Yeah. But I can give you that's a list. A thing. I can give you a list. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's not it's out like, anyone on This is like McCarthyism. Air. I can uh, give yeah. you a list. Oh my God. <laughs> So, okay, so I don't even remember what I was saying, but one, uh, it, oh, I was watching Lou Dobbs, and I turned it on, and literally the first thing he said was something, 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 Hillary Clinton's emails. Oh, and I my was like, God. That boogeyman is over. Dry, dusty, boring. Stop it. She's a lady in Westchester with dogs. How many times? But part okay. of the Ukraine call was literally checking on the server for, for the, right. Right. No, for exactly. Clinton's that emails. That was the it's... two-parter that he wanted. He wanted um, the Biden stuff, <laughs> and then he wanted the CrowdStrike server CrowdStrike. fucking thing. The president of the United States didn't change his Twitter handle, and he's talking about a server? That Hillary Clinton was using. Yeah. That also Colin Powell used a private server. I can't handle this. He's just. I can't. He's just. And sadly, he's just appealing to his his very diehard base. So, oh, okay. So this is. So one is it, he could resign, which he won't do. Yeah. Two is um, the Senate could push him out. Like the, we could get enough votes from Republicans to push him out. I think we need 22. 20, I, I believe. Or maybe just 20. 47 really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Votes. There yeah. it is. Um, and then uh, and then option number three is the goes to, goes to the Senate. Mitch McConnell says he has no choice but to take it up and nothing happens mm-hmm. like they don't vote to, to right. convict or whatever and he stays in office and then he rides it out um yep nothing happens merrick garland right nothing right. happens that, they get away with this sh- that's a very i don't know distinct if i'm allowed to swear i was just about but to my swear. question is and so this is the thing that's been so interesting to me about the past week is the republicans and the way they're doing this like hilarious verbal jujitsu to defend their president um how is it sounding to you guys? Sounds great. I love these guys. They're convincing me. I believe they believe themselves. They're not in denial. Solid fellows, ladies, all to, to a man and a woman. Great Americans and patriotism and all that. It sounds like tribalism, which is what the problem is in this country right now. But it's but the funny thing is, it's not even like clever spin no, because they can't like you say said anything. there Nothing. literally is the evidence and in many ways right. the smoking gun and they're just disavowing that like it isn't anything right did you hear the late breaking news that pompeo wasn't even going to let people 
be deposed. He's basically saying you can't have access to any of the officials involved with Secretary of State. They're just going to not do these things. They're just going to try and shut it down through weird internal mechanisms like that. It's crazy. It's we have a, thugs running the I country. Mean, it's, but subpoenas are still uh, overriding I'm, not, I'm worried they're not, no? though. I mean, this I'm is worried. what's weird is, because we also have no idea because it's never been tested. Yeah, right. Yeah. So this is, again, the difference between norms and laws, things that we thought were totally like fine yeah. uh, and established and reasonable are not actually established. Uh, so we don't so I don't understand. I don't understand how how Pompeo could do that. You, you know, know? How, yeah, well, it's like what you were worried. This Australian news is going to discredit or confuse. Yeah, we're already there because the Mueller report was damning and Trump's election was damning and the Russians hacked us and we let them interfere. All of this has now just become white noise. So right. now that Pompeo is blocking subpoenas and the Senate just might not do anything because they got away with it already with Merrick Garland. Like, we're just complacent. Right. But morality and ethics are... Uh, what? Are Say that again. <laughs> not familiar. Not familiar. I don't morality speak. and ethics are in favor are of impeachment. People? Right. So there's a yeah. moral backbone, I think, actually happening, which is, I hope. Which is a source of... Um, which is a bright spot, I think, in this whole thing to to just know that there is like a sense of morality and ethics. I can give a wow. slight bit of sunshine because I come from a conservative family. I was born and raised in Whittier, which by definition isn't conservative necessarily, right. but it is where Nixon spent most of his childhood. And my mom is a lifelong Republican. And when this stuff started happening, she completely flipped and said, this is <gasps> embarrassing and she won't have anything to do with it now. But she voted for Trump in the first place? No. No. Okay. She whispered to me at a family get together and didn't tell anybody else, I voted for Hillary Clinton. Oh, and I just oh, gave shit. her this huge hug. And, and Are now. Are you allowed she's, to say this publicly? I don't know, because she <laughs> oh also told me some other things that I'm not allowed to tell other people, but I'll tell you off the air. Great. They're On the air. They're oh. exciting. Oh. Off the air. Um, this is, yeah, I, I don't know what to think. And I think. We were talking about this at lunch that maybe because the Republicans are so afraid to show any signs of bucking Trump that what if it gets so bad that they're losing votes and they have to acknowledge it or flip? Do they get together at a dark meeting and say, we're all going to tweet we're not with Trump at 12.01 a.m.? Because yeah. they have yeah, to they do, do it in numbers, right? Yes, nice Republican so thunderclap. If you're listening, <laughs> all Republicans, do that, please. Now's the time. You know, OK, so I have a, th a theory here, which is. That this could be a fantastic opportunity for the GOP because right now they're super stuck with Trumpism mm -hmm. and it feels like a, a weight, you know, the, and, it, and it's not and it's not very helpful. And I think a lot of them don't even see it. it, it it's completely obliterated their traditional policy positions like free trade, um, immigration, like the, all these things that were Republican strongholds have just been obliterated by Trumpism, right? Mm. So this is their opportunity to, I think, save the party and kind of create that once. And, I, you know, I was never a Republican, but I've never disrespected them as much as I do now. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> at, Congratulations, at least, guys. At least yeah. in the, I don't know, or in other decades, I could be like, well, I can see how someone would be like no taxes or whatever. You know, like I understand yeah. it, even though I yeah, don't believe it. Right. It, yeah. There was just like, a, OK, I understand. Um, but now there isn't even any ideological consistency within the actual policies of the Republican Party because of Trump. So what could happen? A fantastic opportunity. Just hear me out, Republicans, if you're listening. I know you all are. <laughs> you got to get a Republican um, comic on here and get their base. Right, seriously. <laughs> um, no, but what I, this is what I recommend. Let's ditch Trump now, right? Maybe that means Pence goes into office. Pence is a much easier person to get behind and run in general. He's like a vanilla wafer. And you can then spend, maybe you'll lose the election. Maybe you'll lose the election. Like Nick's, like Nixon was impeached. Uh, sorry, he wasn't impeached. He was going to be impeached. He resigned. And then he they lost the uh, election to Carter, right? And then they spent some years figuring it the mm -hmm. fuck out. And then they got Ronald Reagan. They came back strong. And they came back very Born strong. Born from the ashes. So yeah. this is what I'm saying. Like, right. you guys are at a very low point. 
um, admit defeat, like regroup, and then come back with some a better fucking plan because yeah. this is not worked out for you or for the country. Yeah, and also like your mom, they lost those voters. Yeah. the sensible Reagan Republicans. Not my dad. The ma- no, but uh, no. <laughs> right. Well, maybe he's not. Uh, but women. I mean, yeah. women. Yeah. Uh, that's a big one. And I also think the Rust Belt, who was instrumental in voting him in. If they're not, it's three years in now. I don't know that times have gotten better because I don't think those people voted fueled by hate. I think those people are like, I want to support my family. It's been dire straits, whatever. You know, because like I I canvassed last year during the midterms in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. I saw it with my own eyes. All these Americans living next to each other, Arab, Puerto Rican, Jewish, you know, uh, white, whatever. None of them hate each other. They were just like... Yeah. I, I, my factory closed. I don't have skills. Yeah. He's still you know? paying them lip service, yeah. right? But is he doing right. anything? That's concrete? what I'm saying. Yeah. So the people that kind of screwed this election, maybe, uh, might save it because if he hasn't come back because he's a con man. Right. Them. Yeah. In New York, we knew he was a con man. They didn't. He they yeah. just saw him as a rich guy who, you know, was like, I'm gonna go drain the swamp. They're like, Great, because that swamp hasn't been working. Yeah. So we'll right. see. I'm still looking at that at that election. I mean, unless Russia's gotten even more sophisticated, which I think they have. Uh, Do you know what it reminds me of? What you were saying? Or that one 400-pound guy sitting on his mother's oh, couch yeah. or whatever. Right. Did that one guy get more sophisticated? Uh, I don't Possibly. know. The Republicans remind me. Do you remember the Ted Haggard preacher scandal where he was married yeah. but then was having like gay massages and it yeah. all came out? And he doubled down on his straight preacher role of like, I love my wife and we're going to go to therapy and all this stuff. Where instead, if he would have maybe likely looked at who he was and became an out gay man if that's what he was yeah. he would have been true to himself he he would have been honest with the world he would have been a hero in many ways yeah. for yeah. opening up plus he probably would have gotten all kinds of attention and action and living a new life and you mean like a bunch of like hot dudes yeah, yeah. I, I i think <laughs> i think that's a really excellent point because i'm saying the republicans could get a lot of hot dudes if yeah, they would yeah. just come no, around absolutely no but i mean i think and that's the the thing like if you 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 can um be bring in more people like to be like a hot gay dude and be like but i'm for limited government right people will understand yeah. that yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like so let's take it out of the culture wars and bring it back into just straight up policies yeah. um and and you will become a bit it's so funny because i'm just like save yourselves republican i don't know why i don't care if they say themselves but i but i think i want them to say themselves so that we can go back to having a healthy political discourse yeah and so they can become a big tent party they can uh, let in the hot Gay men who want limited government, <laughs> but they have to be hot. They, but they have to be young. hot. They have to be young and hot. I'm and sick of ugly presidents, gainfully employed <laughs> and white. They can, you know, they can bring in the the women like your mom or whatever. You know, whatever yeah. it is, <laughs> the hot gay men can bring in women like your mom. <laughs> but they have to come together. You can bring a plus one. Do you know why don't they bring if they're doing Make America Great Again? Why aren't they also bringing the civility and the separation of church and state and how you? didn't talk politics and religion with people back in this heyday of, you know, mid-century America. Why has none of that civility come with it? You know what? And, and the person who could bring that civility is uh, one Mitt Romney. Because yeah. I was just going to say his Mitt name. Mitt Romney is, first of all, he's so very much, I was reading somewhere, they were like drawing parallels between Mitt Romney and Barry Goldwater because Barry Goldwater also lost um, a big election to an incumbent president, Lyndon Johnson, right? And he then ran for Senate and won. Mm. And he was he was sort of like the elder statesman of the party at that time. Um, and, and he was kind of instrumental in being like, guys, this Nixon thing is fucking bonkers. Let's get out of here. And you that's know? coming from Goldwater? That's saying that's something. That's coming from Goldwater. So like Romney has a similar status where he's yeah. respected. He's yeah. respected by Democrats. Yeah. Um, now. Right. Yeah. Like, we saw a guy in our hotel that looked just like Romney. I thought it was. And I almost felt like I was seeing Obama because what he represents as a sanity yeah. to that side of things, I, I felt like I wanted to just go like, save us, please save us. Yeah, he yeah. had the graying temples. Handsome it was never, man. It wasn't ugly in 2012 between them, was it? No. I mean, it wasn't that ugly. No. I don't remember. I mean, I remember but binders I full I of women. We were like, hey, we, we thought that I'm was like the worst thing ever. For binders full I know, of women. I Give know. me binders full of women. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you're going to cut off. 
off PBS. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, you know, you know what one of his things was, I think, <laughs> was self-deporting. Self-deporting was one of his oh, things. Right. That was like him being yeah. ugly. Right. Yeah. Um, and it was, again, I go, oh, I'll take self-deporting over fucking, <sighs> And you Joe know. the Plumber or something. There was like a 47%. He gave some private 47%, speech. 47%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, please. Who cares? Oh, but I mean, God. it was all, it was all kind of within the yeah. realm of acceptability for yeah. political discourse. Like, right. that's what it was. I I think you well, know. No, it was a big scandal that that private speech he gave to the really wealthy people, uh, wealthy yeah, donors. Yeah, it was like forty percent of Democrats yeah, yeah. are on welfare. I think that's what it was, something like that. It was very elitist, which yeah. the Republicans are. They don't even realize they're voting for that, but they're told it's not because yeah. they're told that we're the elitist ones. No. Even though this Headgum podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Today's show is sponsored by Prose. This is kind of, I feel like, you know, I'm on some sort of Lord of the Rings journey trying to figure out skincare. And I feel like this customized skincare line is really got my name on it. Basically, every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skincare, I tried the skincare just recently, is made to order and it's personalized. It's got a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs, like specifically you. And then the way they do it is you take this great, like in-depth quiz, basically. They analyze over 80 factors for a complete view of your life, your beauty goals, Um, Like I have oily skin that's also dry, which is just a fun little conundrum. I live in New York City. Like we've got these four seasons. My my face gets weird during seasonal shifts. Um, I all of these things I got to kind of talk about in like in answering the questions. Um, The other fun thing was they asked us at the end, like, do you like a creamy type of moisturizer or like a less creamy kind? And I was kind of like, I think like less creamy. And they were like, that's fine. Like you can do that, but we think for your skin type, creamier is better. And I never knew that. So I love that there's so much kind of personal information that goes into creating this. I got my stuff in the mail very quickly after I got a wonderful serum. Like I said, this very creamy moisturizer. Um, And this also very just delectably creamy cleanser that just kind of feel like I, I think it's possible that I've been washing my face with just like harsh harshness for like many years because when I saw this cleanser I was like oh is this what it's supposed to feel like it's supposed to feel like a little bit of a delight on my face that's not what I've been doing so I don't know guys and here's the thing you don't have to take my word for it in a third-party double-blind dermatologist supervised controlled clinical study um, which is like the gold standard for research studies Pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives, which just sort of totally makes sense on a just logical level if you think about it. Just it makes 
common sense. Pros are so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% of your first subscription order at pros.com slash fake the nation um, will be taken off. That's pros.com slash fake the nation. You get your free consultation and 50% off your one of a kind formulas. Uh, again, that's pros.com slash fake the nation. Go and get your just super personalized, luxurious skincare products and hair care products. That's what I'm going to try next. So pros.com slash fake the nation. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, education app from Albania that uh, teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help. Because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. They're, George W. went to Yale and all that. Yeah. They're voting for coal miners yeah. who really care about <laughs> estate taxes. You know what I mean? You know how coal miners are about yeah, their fucking they, they capital gains. Yeah. Um, Plan giving. They want to give Jesus. to the Met, Metropolitan Museum of Art Foundation <laughs> well, you after got their death. The coal mining wing. <laughs> Oh, you guys, please let me know what you think the GOP should do. I'm like suddenly really interested in the GOP's future. Um, so hit me up. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk more. And we are back and we're ready for topic number two. So the computers will become self-aware and take over. That's a given, right? We know that. But before they do that, they're being trained to read our minds. Uh, Facebook and Elon Musk's company Neuralink uh, have announced that, and there probably are others, um, that they're developing new brain-computer interfaces that can read neurons and translate them to words. They've already built uh, one of them. I think it was Neuralink has already built um, an algorithm that decodes words in real time. Um, let's just initial thoughts on this kind of technology well i love how you look to me okay uh <laughs> i think that for people who can't move their bodies this is wonderful yeah but there's a fine okay so that yes <laughs> yeah. it's kind of well, like we're all agreed on that yeah, That's no, a nice agree. yeah. totally agree. into it for that now, yeah, yeah absolutely now, why are we three so why are we taking it past that that's my question anything past that you're getting into this black mirror territory um, I, I pulled up a quote from this. There was the right to mental privacy. You should have the right to seclude your brain data or publicly share it. Yeah, no, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Why are we even? Uh, uh, this is what bothers me. And when you say Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg are developing blah, 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 blah to no control trust. my brain. Okay. 
I'm done. I, I need to. I'm going to go do the Walden Pond thing. I'm out. <laughs> I'm That's unplugging. A, a, what a beautiful Thoreau <laughs> reference, <laughs> <Yes>. guys. <laughs> Henry David. Yes, I am one house. of the Democratic elites, remember? Um, <laughs> no, I, 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 okay, yes. Absolutely, when it comes to helping people with disabilities, yes. 500% yes. on board. That's where it should live, yes. and that's, I agree, where it should stop. Uh uh, and I just want to pull back really quick yeah. before we hear what Matt thinks about this, which is that um, there's you you mentioned uh, your what was your quote about keeping your brain? Oh, to yeah, yourself there was one of one of, in this article. It said, you know, something about it, well, it was talking Keep about the, the points we have to talk about the right yeah. to mental privacy. You should have the right to seclude your brain data or to publicly share it. Right. So what? Yeah. so there's so because of this tech, this technology is being developed, it raises a whole host of legal yeah. questions of which that is one of them. We don't literally we've never actually laid out rights like the one you just mentioned, Vicky. So so these are all issues that come up. But before we get into that, Matt, your initial thoughts on uh, on this technology. Very much the same. <laughs> uh, I mean, I just don't know how you could be a human. I think the only one that would vote for anything different would literally be an AI or a computer going, oh, I got some ideas. Yeah. Do you guys know Rocco's Basilisk? Have you ever heard of that? What? This, no, no, I'm really thought, worried now. Okay. This will. This <laughs> I know. It all it sounds evil. I just, I, it is. I'm uncomfortable. Trigger. You're canceled. I'm going to show it to you. Turn out the lights. This is a thought experiment that says one day a, an AI will come online that will rule all of the world and like organic life and everything like that. But it will have access to all of the data currently that we're even currently involved with now. So it will know if you've, on a podcast, say, ever spoken out against an AI or this type of thing and immediately oh. torture you for the rest of existence, keep you alive and torture you. If, for instance, right now you were to say, no, I'm all for AI and Neuralink and everything like that, it would consider you one of the good guys because it has no emotion or empathy. It's just a thought experiment. Oh, it's like a Dalek from Doctor Who. I guess so. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So this reminds me of that kind of thing of here it is, like the first glimmer of it on the horizon. And then it's going to be integrating with us. And it just turns out like we are Skynet. It's not right. a computer. We will Wah! evolve into Skynet. I'm not into I'm it. So Actually, upset with everything you just said. Me too. There's another point in this article about a woman who had seizures and had a um, a computer. I forgot what it was called, but she had something implanted. Yeah. The, the talk between her brain the and her. Yeah. She had epileptic seizures. Yeah. So she had something implanted. Then the company went out of business. Yeah. And, and then they took it right. out. But she had felt that it became part of her consciousness. Yeah. And then the company took out and owned part of her consciousness. And she, and she was, like, distraught. Yeah. This is Black Mirror stuff. Yeah. This is the stuff they make episodes about, where they, they clone your brain and then they put it into a thing that then helps you turn the, turns the lights on. And But you, you are in that thing. You are now no longer in your brain, and you don't know who's you. But isn't this yeah. the next phase? This is depressing, but I think this outpaces evolution and be actually becomes evolution, that we go bionic and... So I was watching, mm -hmm. it's interesting, I was watching um, the I show, I think I've mentioned this before, because not enough people watch the show, and I thought it was fantastic, it was called The First on Amazon with mm. Sean Penn, and uh, I know, an A-list celebrity, still not enough viewers. Um, and, <laughs> well, you know, he throws a few punches at women, so oh, I think yeah. he's done. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, I actually don't know that story, so oh. here we go, yeah. there there it is, I, <laughs> anyways, I guess I did something bad, um, but uh, basically, the it shows it portrays it's like it shows the future like 10 years or 15 years into the future mm -hmm. when we're going to Mars and the first is referring to the first mission oh, to Mars right. that's right yeah and it's what's really fascinating about it is it's sort of like is predicting what what's the next step if right now we're at phones the next step in this show is like little do higs that you put in your ear mm. and then you just everything is voice control so it's not mm. like mind reading everything but you're not tethered to a screen so it actually seemed more dare i say elegant mm. um because you and then if you wanted to get into virtual reality or whatever other fucking dimensions digital dimensions you you everyone carried a pair of glasses and you throw on the glasses and then you see stuff anyway so it seemed kind of like a reasonable prediction of that intermediary phase after mm. which comes brain reading i guess my question to you guys is um 
I do think there's going to be something where we're like not as tethered to phones. And I think that watches were a little bit of that, although they're kind of also clunky and maybe interfering. And Mm. I don't know. So um, I don't feel like watches have taken on the way that uh, the fucking capitalist overlords wanted them to. But like, I do, you know, anyone in your life that you think would do this and take it in the brain. I think the way it's take going to happen. Take that it in the brain. That sounds very dirty. Ooh. That I sounds think the way it's going to happen is the way everything happens is that our generation will resist it and yeah. we'll see the downsides of it, but a generation that grows up with it, it will happen incrementally. It'll happen faster yeah. than evolution, but it will probably happen over because three to four generations. our generation is the internet, right? Like, I mean, yeah. appeal to people slightly older than us made the internet yeah and then they were like hey kids you guys use it and we were like i guess i'll make a geocities site you know and so we (laughs) got on board and it's funny because this happens oftentimes when i'm talking to bear tunde thurston veteran of the show comedian that we all know and love and bear and bear tunde has such a love of the internet in a way that i fundamentally don't understand it's like we're speaking two different languages when it comes to that issue i just don't love the internet that way and maybe not at all How, so i really am curious in what way does he love the he internet? just is like fascinated with all these connections that mm-hmm. like i don't he doesn't see the i mean he does see a lot of the ugly stuff but he he just like loves the possibilities right mm-hmm. and i hate the possibilities yeah. i'm not the- into it and so i think like i was thinking of my people I know I was I mean and I'm not you know I'm just who knows what Bear today would do but he's like someone that I could if he was like yeah if I could took it to the brain I'd be like oh yeah I can see him <laughs> right, doing right, just right. a love of like wow the the awe the I mythic I used to be like that you know right and, I think and that's now, what it is and I, but I think the question that you're asking and that we're both all three of us are asking isn't going to need to be asked it will just be right so oh, that's why it won't be us that does it because yeah. a generation two generations from now won't need to ask the question they'll just be born with it essentially well i'm hoping that human so the internet to me is bad uh like for philanthropy it's good like i think that causes can raise money yeah and uh they're you know robotic and remote healthcare is like the future so if a physician in new york can operate on someone in a remote region and in that's nice yeah africa okay. yeah who wouldn't have access because robotic da vinci yeah. method or whatever but um i i i'm hoping human beings will prevail even if this happens i'm hoping that so elon musk and mark zuckerberg starting this scares me yeah because they're um they're, they don't care about people. But I'm hoping that this brain thing about like having, I hope this is a law that's going to have to come up and that people will actually have to vote on it. You know what I mean? Right. Like propositions. Because so we, we, I hope they don't skirt around this. We read in, uh, the, we basically read a piece in Vox called Brain Reading Tech is Coming. The law is not ready to protect us by Seagal Samuel. So if you want to read more about it, uh, it, it was fascinating. And the four areas that they point out in the article that um, where we need to define neuro rights right. um, are the right to cognitive liberty. Like you should basically have the right to freely decide uh, if, the, if you want to be given given neurotechnology or to refuse it. So there is, you know, that mm-hmm. autonomy, like, so that we, and it's funny because there's places in like China where they are using neurotechnologies like that mm. um, and getting like data. Um, the chi- Chinese government is already mining data from some employees' brains by having them wear caps that scan their brain waves for depression, anxiety, rage, or fatigue. Yeah, and they're scorecarding people. Right. Yeah. What, what would you guys do if right at the end of your lives, you're like, you've lived this wonderful, fruitful life, and then at the end they go, we just invented this kind of neural um, immortality. So we're going to keep your body alive as an organic, massive tissue, but you're going to get to live on consciously. They did that forever. already in Black Mirror. <laughs> uh, would you they do also, it? Yeah, would you they do also it? dabble in it in uh, the years and years on yeah. HBO. Would you do it? No, would you, you I, no I don't I'm know. into like God. I don't know what so it feels sure like either. to be about to die. Yeah, I know, but I also, I if, it, if you get to control what your eternity is and maybe it's your your 
partner and your favorite pet or child right. is there with you, that actually to me is not altogether a bad thing, but I feel like there's no way it could be that controlled. Right. And right? then the thing is, it's like, if you're accepting one, you're kind of accepting all of it. Yeah. So right. like if you're, if yeah. you're taking that, you know, great condo in Miami with your and wife I, and, and dog in heaven, the yeah. um, then you're also accepting <laughs> all of the like neuro control, neuro controls that come with the rest of your life, yeah. I think. And I mean, also probably. The, yeah. And the private so right the right to things, mental privacy was is number two if they can read your mind to move a tissue or to move a tissue box or then um can they read your mind that you know you want to kill your neighbor and then can that be used against you in a court hey, of law are if you someone confessing? else kills you no not at all she's just I, fucking I, talking I wasn't about in the state minority report you're just like describing <laughs> i am the, i didn't yeah. even see that oh yeah the pre-crimes yeah yeah pre-crimes yeah wow uh this, yeah which is kind of based on like the 1984 like thought crimes, right? right. Um, number three on that list is the right to mental integrity. Like you should have the right to not be harmed physically or psychologically by neurotechnology. Correct. Because brainwashing could be programmed. I mean, this is the thing with all of it. Yes. There's just too many. I don't have an Alexa or a Google Home or a Siri condo or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. I don't have those things. And I mean, I I have a, a phone. You just like hid your phone as I said no, that. No, because like, it, it it vibrated. <laughs> Actually, my Google Nest. I'm not even kidding. As you said that, my dog moved. So my Google Nest told me there was motion detected. I'm not even joking. <laughs> it was just too much for me. See, that's okay. So you have one of these things. I'm not even at the point where I can have that in my home because I, I feel too. I have it to watch my dog sleep because it gives me. Oh. It's like uh, the, yeah, the I hear you. yeah net positive. Like yes, they're controlling me, but at least I get joy and watching, watching my dog my sleep. Dog. I and I know joy is one of the things sleep. we're talking about today. I'm just kidding. That is very not creepy <laughs> at all. Not creepy. <laughs> what is we that? Do my John wife and Houston I do. Movie? We do watch each other go out to get the paper because we watch and we watch together because it is so weird to watch yourself un self conscious just go do right. a, a menial Hold task. Hold on, where is the paper? What's, yeah, and what's where the is paper? this camera? What's the and paper? how is all a, of that happening? It's just a front porch camera. What oh, do you, so you, you a installed a porch yeah. camera? Oh, well, for like in intruders? Oh, screw you. Well, just screw off. What? You have a porch. Oh, you have a good life. I know. He's a fucking, <laughs> it's not a fucking big porch. Mark Zuckerberg don't over here. Don't even say that to people in New York. Wait, don't you, do you guys have a porch. stoop? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. We I have don't have a stoop. stoop. I actually have a balcony. No. So. Oh, okay. You got <laughs> one up on me. Vicky, yeah. All right. No, but so interesting. You installed a thing for intruders or whatever? Um, or just like if we're away and we see that there's a package that has come or something, it just sits on our doorstep. So. Oh, so before mm-hmm. someone steals it, you can be like, Bob from next door, come. Can I you guess. Pick up we the also had uh, a series of, of thefts in the neighborhood. There's like a right. burglar. Crime reasons. Crime, yeah. Great. Male crime. Anyway, uh, but we watch each other sometimes and it's so funny to watch yourself from behind go yeah. get a paper. That's I can't weird. explain it. Yeah. It's really funny. That's it's like, oh, that's what I look also, like when I'm just yeah. not thinking. Yeah, I okay. walk like that? Yeah, yeah, I didn't know I had What's scoliosis. Really, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's really interesting about this whole scenario, though, is that you receive a printed paper version of right. a newspaper. I do. That you yeah. that you are then tracked through this digital device that's recording everything I you know, say or do. I know. But we got but so how cute, sick. quaint that we, you read the newspaper. We got so sick, like I was saying after the Mueller report, like the anxiety level was so Too high much. that I we started taking our news daily by paper. No, <laughs> like, I like that. And I am into it. We were a little it. behind, but it was like that is the calming. whitest thing I've ever heard. Our anxiety was so high after the Mueller report. We started taking <laughs> our news by paper. <laughs> That was great. That was really good. That was really good. I think it's Um, older than it is white. That's true. That's true. The the fourth thing in the uh, Bill of Rights that they want us to consider, um, the right to psychological continuity. You should have the right to be protected from alterations in your sense of self that you did not authorize. Correct. And so you mentioned that epilepsy uh, story, which was really fascinating. and she said, I lost myself. Once they took this device mm-hmm. out, I lost myself. Um, another way that it, things can be manipulated, which I think is, of all of the shit that we read, the most likely thing is neuromarketing. Mm. And and ways in which you have, you fucking took it in the brain, you got a chip. And there's these gentle nudges that ha- you, you, they know you fucking 
bought a pair of stilettos mm-hmm. from fucking Nine West. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> right. yeah. So they know that about you, Matt. Yeah. And every time now that you walk by a stiletto or uh-huh. whatever, uh. it'll give you a gentle neural nudge. And that's neuromarketing that happens so subconsciously. You think it's your own fucking yeah. thought and yeah, it isn't. That's frightening. That is, I think, the number one way that this thing would be used. I don't, yeah, I don't want my brainwaves to have a thing. No. No. Because it's already happening with It's already happening with the internet, right? Yeah. Because you'll say something and then it's on, you know. Yeah, yeah. And my friend at one of the big tech companies that rhymes with Moogle, um, (laughs) who works there, was like, yeah, totally, we are listening. See? Personally, I'm listening to you. That's what he said. He's like, no, literally, I know what you call your dog and all that. See, that is really, I I think what's also frustrating about all of this is the level of indifference that yeah. it inspires. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I think it's so, I feel like it's so world ending for me. Right. And then it seems like for America, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's many people like me in America, whatever, but. Uh, but it just, but it, all together, we're not out there protesting. No, for people shit. are only indifferent after it's too late, and they've suffered right. the 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 consequences of it. Same right. thing. Right, like, they've privacy. bought so many stilettos <laughs> that they cannot my explain. Closet, I, oh my god, <laughs> I'm a Melda Marcos. Um, <laughs> nice uh, reference. Good reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, reference. God, there's the a shoes. fucking Henry David Thoreau in this episode, yeah. and a yeah. Melda Marcos. Very, <laughs> yeah. you guys are the same. We are. Um, <laughs> All right, you guys, let me know what you think of this brain technology and would you take it in the brain? I'm so curious to know. Uh, I'm sure you guys, it's, I'm sure it's completely unsurprising to you that I am a hell no on that. But um, please, I, and, and explain why you would take it in the brain. And again, 500% uh, appreciate and agree with any technology that would help people with disabilities. All right. I just want to clarify that yes, one agree. more time. Yeah, yes. Um, all right. Let us move on to topic number three. Okay. Um, (laughs) Dating these days means swiping right on someone but not knowing anything about them. It's not like back in the day where you met someone at a party and you like had a mutual friend and then, you know, you or you were set up by each other's mutual friends or whatever it was. There's like no context when we're dating now. Uh, Well, Facebook is entering the scene with an answer to Tinder and Bumble and all the other fucking apps that I don't know their names. Uh, The Facebook dating app promises to algorithmically match people according to their geography, shared interests, events, and groups. Uh, what are your just first reactions to that? You're looking at me now, Vicky. Well, I I, I thought Tinder was a Facebook app. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know it wasn't. <laughs> I am from the Match.com days. Me too. Like on the internet. That's where I know you. <laughs> That's right. That you you, you you didn't pay. You didn't pay for our state. Um, so I did not. I don't understand what they're announcing that's new because even though so even if Tinder's not a Facebook app, isn't it connected through Facebook? No. I mean, oh right, it is. Does have a Facebook connectivity for your age friends, and your mutual name? friends? But it sounds like Facebook wants to kind of get back to what Match.com originally was, was which is more of a like thorough profile right. and kind of connection on interests and stuff as opposed to a right. picture. And Match.com, you had to join as a dater. Facebook has all this info from us living yeah. our lives for the past 15 right, years. Right, yeah. right. And I think that's which they want to say is the is the benefit of Facebook. So like and where and I was from I never did match.com but I did OkCupid. Mm. Um I also did Tinder for a minute and mm. I found it like unsatisfying so whatever. Mm. I didn't you guys I, I found it unsanitary. Yeah, yeah, I thought, and I, I also found it unsanitary. No, I I mean I want to fuck the dude off of Tinder but it's just like I didn't it just I couldn't it's like, <laughs> I didn't I couldn't I just didn't Tell nah. me what your favorite book is though. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. before I fuck you. Um so uh no, so what I think Facebook is trying to do is to take it even a step further than the okay Cupid's and the match.coms did mm-hmm. and and you really use your friend like taking it from your friend friends friends bases base right, right. so like uh, or group or whatever um and also using an algorithm so like if you're going to a particular event there's another person who's also single who's going to that event so then that person would be kind of like matched with you or you would know you know you would be i don't know how it worked but that you would notice that person somehow through the app um and i think so 
I mean, there's like two things. First of all, F- Facebook has a shitload of information about us. Right. Um, so in that sense, it would maybe be more accurate than any of the dating sites. Right. Right. And like matching people. I feel like there's that opportunity to um, I mean, we can set this issue aside, but I do want to put it, it men- mention it, which is that like, why does Facebook have so much? Why are they doing so much? Just That's stop. The yeah, other and thing. the money, big. the like the, the brain. cryptocurrency thing they're doing. Right. Yeah. But isn't this kind of a moot point? Because who really uses Facebook anymore? Our parents have taken it. They can have it. It's right. theirs now. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to date and cheat and get divorced on Facebook. That's what's going to happen. None of Which, us. Which, you know, and the I funny thing think... is, like, Facebook is after the 20 and 30-year-olds. Um, but right, I don't, I think the people most likely to use a date Facebook dating app are the elders, except for they're only rolling it out on phones, maybe to try and, uh, you know. Are they, I was going to ask, are they rolling it out on Instagram? Because Instagram's 20s, 30s. I don't know. Because Instagram's owned by yeah, Facebook. They, yeah. they did say that eventually they were going to use Instagram stories to oh, to go populate. to your dating profile, yeah. yeah, so people could kind of see what you're up to. Uh, I I don't know. You know what? It started. Didn't it start as guys rating girls? That's what it started as, right? In Facebook, right. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. kind of getting back to its roots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It would be nice if it like went for a circle and then just like just kind of like went off into space and yeah. we didn't have I, I I'm so against it right now. I use it because it's like a necessary evil as comedians and yeah, performers. Yeah, I'm yeah. off it. I, that's I, good oh, for did you. you. Delete it. I just deactivated, but I haven't been back in forever. See, that's how I feel about Twitter. I like have to tw- I've tweeted like one thing in the past three months after that girl got like Dina Haysham and the whole thing. Yeah. I was like, I'm done. I can't do this right now. What ha- I don't even see. I was off well. Track. Anyway, we're getting yeah, off topic. Fine. We'll tell you. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I think okay. But there is one feature on the Facebook dating app that I think was p- pretty good. Secret I think crush? here's the secret. <laughs> it crush. is good. It yeah, is good. That's cute, guys. I so what? Crush? What is that? Oh yeah. my god! What is yeah. that? Like I'm a taken lady, but how would I, I love know. to be have a secret crush app like from back? Is back that in the real? Day. Yeah. It allows you to identify up to nine people of your Facebook friends that you have a crush on, and no one will know unless they also identify you. But how can I trust Facebook won't tell them? Well, they're being Facebook trusting. Put They've that never in, done anything okay, okay, wrong. Okay, okay. I don't put know what you're talking aside. about. Yeah. Put that in its own cubicle. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's a fantastic feature. And they raise that question of what if you put nine secret crushes and five, six, seven, eight, nine come back at you. First of all, nine good dates, job. motherfucker. Good nine job. And dates. the people you want are coming back. But what do you do? Yeah. And you go on nine perfect yeah. ideal crush yes. dates. It's oh. called The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> and then you you eliminate one by one. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Yeah, that's perfect. the best feature. That's yeah. that's cool. hands down the best. I actually think okay, if I was single, I would maybe even rejoin and I didn't have my if I deleted my Facebook, I would maybe even rejoin for that one Same. feature alone. Right. Cuz I have never been good at making the first move. I'm always kind of just slow moving and that just to know that there's interest on the other side would mean all the world cuz I otherwise would just be too afraid. What yeah. if it's Okay, I guess as long as the people are honest and they're not using it as a joke, and oh, then people's feelings would get you're hurt. Right, but that would happen. Oh, that's, I feel like that, that would, that would happen in the comedy community. It would. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in the civilian, like probably human beings, guys. Guys. yeah, I got a crush on you, yeah, 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 Bill. Yeah. <laughs> or someone would do it for someone's friend, like yeah. sneak on there. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, but in the human beings with beating hearts, like community, yeah. uh, I oh, think beating it, hearts. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that we, it would be used. I don't know. It's I'm not, cool. and, and it's funny because I'm not trying. I am not trying to like promote this dating app I don't care about Facebook you know like surviving in that way or like succeeding or whatever but I think the thing that I like about this idea and forget that it's Facebook which is the idea of a dating app that's actually based on human beings and their interests and their friend group is that it will lead to better matches but it also like it kind of encourages intensifying and deepening human relations. So right. it's like you're going to this event. Here's this other person also going. Like I think it would lead to more in-person stuff. And then it also will mi- diminish the swipe left, swipe right gamifying right. that has happened with dating apps. I mean it's gotten to the point where everything is just about a fucking picture right. and like what – you know, and like a li- one line, you know, a log line of you as a person. And it doesn't make – 
it doesn't make any sense, actually, you know, because the way you react to a human being is you're firing on so many different levels. Um, and that's how attraction is formed. Right. It's mysterious. And I think that, uh, you know, that places like Tinder turn it into this ugly thing and make it seem like we have an endless supply of thing people we can swipe through. Right. But it's, it shouldn't feel that way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's more natural this way. It's definitely more natural. And Facebook started, I think people at first used it to just go to events together, like you said, and like meet up. Yeah. And then it became a communication and now it's just gone off the res. It's just. I mean, do you remember the early days of Facebook, like what social media was? I remember feeling so excited, like when I got a friend request, Mm -hmm. come on. And it was like someone I kind of knew. Could have been a secret crush. Could have been a secret crush. Like those were the fun days. And I think there's like, if there is hope for the internet, if I'm bare two-day Thurston Mm. and I think there's hope for the internet, it's that. Can we revive that feeling of like, oh, I'm connected to this person. That's great. I wonder if it could ever split in two where that kind of world has their like internet utopia, but then it would become corrupted in some way or something. I don't, yeah, like it, it's I just not possible yeah. for it to survive as an internet utopia. No. Like it inevitably cycles into the garbage bin that we're in. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, God, there is no hope. Are we talking about joy today? <laughs> so so um, my, my question for you, though, my, my last question for you about this is like, so Facebook has all this fucking information on you. And if you were to go on a date with someone, they would know some they would know yeah. far more than they than they would on any of the other dating apps. Would yeah. you be comfortable walking into a situation? Basically, my question is, has the has does contextless dating has that been a problem for you? Like, is that a problem that needed a solution or no? Well, I haven't dated in a while because I've been with the same person almost nine years. But like back in your Match.com days. Yeah, it it is a little, I don't like small talk. I'm Russian. We don't do small talk. <laughs> and and repeating my story all the time is exhausting. Yeah. Interesting. Or, it's, or is it refining a bit? In a you way, know what I mean? yeah, and you be. like it's cynical, but you get the opportunity <laughs> right. to pre- present the right. best the, version our, of yourself. Our engineer Andy is like nodding her head so yeah. hard, like, yeah, we're finding a but bit. But by the I'm eighth date, it. I'm like, yep, and that's where it's born. That's where I'm just going, yep, 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 divorce, you know, whatever. Like if you I just, dated again, if I got divorced or something, you just uh, have like a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, you know? it, it would be nice if I was like, oh, you didn't do your reading homework. It's all on Facebook. <laughs> You didn't scroll? Come on. <laughs> like Don't it turns make into me a, repeat myself. Turns into a quiz yeah, of yeah, what yeah. they've... Would you be comfortable, Matt? I think I'd be comfortable, but I think I'd miss finding out first person when someone tells you something and you realize, oh, we have that in common. Mm. You see eyes and there's yeah. a, you share a moment of... Well, joy, which we're going to yeah. talk about, right? So, which it, we're actually, guys, it's not going to be in today's episode. Of course not. So, joy. Um, I feel like anyways. every episode of everything. So in Harry's going to have to fucking cut this out. <laughs> Sorry, but anyway, Harry. So, so continue on with your point in uh, as if you didn't say that. Well, I, I, I think if you discover something when you're face to face that you wouldn't have known on Facebook, there's a moment of of like joy. That, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, I remember those being nice moments when you first. I know when I met my wife, there was a ton of those. Yeah, and they they are like butterflies, the bricks. Yeah, butterflies. butterflies. Yeah, you can't get virtual butterflies. I mean, you can, but they're it's one. But they're fake. At best. They're yeah. fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're I not still the think same. you can get them. I don't think you can know everything about someone from a Facebook profile. It's like I, the right. whole thing with no. follow up questions. Yeah, so you know, I know you'll this just, about true, you. True, true. Right now, tell me more about it. I, I but think, that would be assuming someone put their entire life on Facebook. I think, yeah. and I think there are some controls about like yeah. what other people can you know can yeah. see in the dating app or whatever. And I also think yeah. personally, I'm always of the I never Google people. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to know anything. I never Googled them when I was dating them. I never mm-hmm. ever ever did that. And I continue to not Google people. I just don't want to know I, if I'm going to know a person. I just want him to be right. I want it to be an IRL. Spill it out. That's Let's nice fucking and know rare. this. Um, and I'm not uh, tempted. It's just something that I don't. I'm, you know. I, but I think a lot of people are tempted, yeah. and so they sort of like give them, get them, get just too much information about a situation. You know, we're in an age of information overload, and yeah. this is one of the types of information overload. The, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry wait. No, it. the thing that I think is good is that if you have some mutual friends that are actually mutual friends that you w- wouldn't know about, 
you can be like, you know, Jesse. Oh my God, Jesse's so crazy, Run. and then you yeah, like break yeah, the yeah, ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, um, I just think that's fun. Yeah. Like, you know, if you because civilians, non-comics, none are always like, oh my God, we have four mutual friends, and I'm like, this is not news. I have <laughs> yeah. like seven thousand mutual friends with people. I only but they, like, it's like I a big no deal. Joke, to me people. and you, Vicky, probably yeah. have like seven hundred exactly. mutual friends at least. <laughs> at I least. think it's in the thousands. I mean, it yeah, must yeah, be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, you guys. Please let me know if you're at all moved by this new Facebook dating app. Um, What are your uh, qualms? Are you looking for love? Do you want it to be this app or no apps? Or what's what's the the plan, guys? Tell me the plan. I want you to have your love. (laughs) Um, You guys, that is the end of the show. How do you feel? I actually feel pretty good that I kind of like that uh, discussion of, of where things went. Shit, that was the happiness one. <laughs> you go first. Uh, I feel like if uh, I feel like I'd like to protect the um, uh, rights of my brain, rights of your brain. And again, if you can't move, I would anyone who needs it, who's not able bodied, use it. But I, I'm not into nano. I'm not into a brain chip. No, Nagin. Yeah. No. Uh, we are firmly anti yeah. on this podcast. Yeah. I'm going to start a legal practice of brain rights. Okay. So I will represent you. Oh, this is so useful. Yeah. This I'm is a really useful thing to come out of this podcast. Freeway billboards <laughs> of me up there with a giant brain. And I think I could, I am uh, not optimistic he'll be impeached, resign, or be pushed out, but I could deal with Pence for a year. I could deal with but Pence But everybody, for a year. please, canvas, vote. That's what it's about. Get behind whoever is not Trump. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Um, All right, you guys. I would love for the people of Fake the Nation to be able to follow you and all the amazing things you do. Where should they do that? A Vicky Cooperman with a K-U-P, like Superman with a K. Instagram, Twitter if you want, but I won't do anything on there. (laughs) I do pictures on Instagram. That's better to digest. (laughs) I'm at Matt Gourley, G-O-U-R-L-E-Y on Instagram and Twitter and MattGourley.com. And uh, I guess uh, this is coming out Thursday? Yeah. So uh, there's a new season of Super Ego coming out on the uh, uh, 9th. And Conan O'Brien needs a friend, returns on the 7th. And in Myers, we trust this, the podcast miniseries with Paul Rust about Halloween comes out on the 11th. So it's back to school for me. Oh, wow. my God. I know. It's so been a, many yeah, podcasts. It's been a busy oh my God. month or so. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, you know where to find me and all the things that I do. And uh, oh, you know what? If you're around this weekend, I'm going to be is it this weekend. Yeah, the, October 5th and 6th, I'm going to be at Joe's Pub doing a show called Still Asking For It. Uh, which is like a comedy about rape culture. Um, it'll be interesting. Um, and uh, they've, they've done it all around, um, around the country, and I'm uh, I'm guesting, and it's very exciting. Um, but I really would like to thank the production team here at Fake the Nation. That's our producer, Harry Nelson, our talented audio engineer, Andy Christens. Gabby Alter wrote our theme music, and Lily Fleshler helps with research. And you guys, we'd love to hear from you. Please send us your feedback, topics you think we should be chatting about, guest ideas. You can leave us a voicemail at 347 347- 770-4981 or drop us a line at comments at fakethenation.com and if you like what you hear please do leave us a uh, uh, review on Apple Podcasts because it helps people find the show that's like proven to be true um, unfortunately okay you guys we'll be back in your ears ears <laughs> next week goodbye we did it yeah, that was awesome. Awesome.